Welcome back. This is the second hour of tonight's Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett doing a show here on 1400 years of Hijra and two and a half years of the pandemic. We talked about the pandemic and related issues uh, in the first hour, and we're also covering that in the second hour. The Hijra, that is the Islamic uh, flight from Mecca to Medina, which happened exactly 1400 years ago tomorrow, was the subject of my khutbah or Islamic sermon which you can find at my Substack. That is Kevin Barrett, all run together, dot substack.com. All right, let's get back to the pandemic with two Catholic philosophers, two of my favorite Catholic philosophers, Thaddeus Kaczynski and Peter Simpson. Both yeah. of them are doing really fantastic work uh, on related issues. I think I might have discovered Peter through Thaddeus, actually. And Thaddeus just published a new piece, What Matters Right Now Is Your Soul. It's uh, very outspoken and eloquent. If you, He starts out, if you're paying attention, you know that the pandemic narrative is on its last legs, although its final death throes seem like eternity and are manifesting as most furious and ruthless poison injections for babies, as well as most ridiculous and pathetic sudden adult death syndrome, monkeypox, and ninja. The injury and death toll from the death shots is rising all over the world, save in the few countries that somehow remain immune to the mass psychosis. Well, that's pretty strong stuff, especially coming from somebody employed in the American Academy such as it is. I mean, I got tossed out for speaking in much more moderate language about the equally outrageous events of 9-11. So anyway, it's great to find people with the courage to genuinely use philosophy to try to come to the truth and then express it in all of its glory or hideousness uh, when they discover it. So uh, let's go ahead and welcome our second hour guests, Thaddeus Kaczynski and Peter Simpson. So, hey, I hope you guys are both there. Welcome, Thaddeus. You there, Thaddeus? Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Hey, great to have you. And Peter, are you on as well? I am. Thank you again for inviting me, Kevin. Wonderful. The uh, logistics actually worked for once. Uh, so let's get yeah. to it. Um, and I, I'd like to kind of even step back a little bit, let you guys uh, throw it back and forth, because we've never done that before. And, you know, you, you're both coming from somewhat similar uh, intellectual positions on a, a number of issues. Maybe we, we could start out um, and uh, Thaddeus, you know, just give us a, a very, very brief uh, synopsis of this intense and disturbing message that you sent out. Well, honestly, I these days I'm writing kind of for therapeutic purposes, <laughs> but um, also hope, hopefully that something I say might resonate with someone and, and help them, uh, especially spiritually. Uh, I'm, kind, I'm trying to tie in the, the political, geopolitical, uh, what's happening in the culture and um, since especially since the, I started writing my substack during the during the pandemic and I'm trying to tie in um, you know principles of spiritual warfare and discernment um, and uh, even mystical contemplation as a kind of uh, weapon uh, against uh, against this onslaught. Um, and my main message, I think, these days is the evil that we're seeing is just is just unprecedented. It's it's so ubiquitous and deep. The criminals that are ruling us at this time 
came out, uh, you know, in full force as, as we know in 9-11. But compared to 9-11, what we're dealing with now is just, is just the metastasization of this, of that initial cancer. And when I think about the damage that's been done, uh, the extent of the brainwashing and the social engineering of culture, uh, you have, you have, just think about this. You have mothers of children, uh, bringing their babies to clinics to get an injection that is now known to be poisonous, to cause sterility and to even cause death. Um, and they're doing it as a kind of act of love, as motherly love and devotion to public health and their, and love of neighbor. Just think about that. You also have mothers bringing their children to drag queen story hours where known child sex offenders are doing sexual dances for their children. And they're doing this as a kind of act of justice and uh, tolerance and, again, love of neighbor, inclusivity. Could you have imagined something like this even five years ago, ten years ago? I couldn't have. And th- these these are two like synecdoches that, you know, uh, ind- indicate the, 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 the universal evil that we're dealing with. And, and I could give other examples. But when a mother's love for a child is so perverted, uh, I can't it's hard for me to think of anything more diabolical. So I, I bring that out and I, I'm, I basically am just I'm kind of in a, in a, in a state of. Um, you know, just crying out to God to, to help us here. I mean, I, and I also say we have to resist, we have to educate, we have to do everything we've been doing the last, since 9-11 and the truth movement. But there's a sense in which I think um, God is calling us to rely on his power uh, more and more because the kind of evil we're dealing with is, 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 is principalities and powers that have come out, you know, come out of the closet, you might say. Uh, and 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 I think if we if we think that we're going to defeat this with our own power of uh, you know calculation and uh, human human ingenuity and human effort, I think I think we're we're deceived. So that's kind of the message. It's a strong message, and, and you know maybe this is why we need the um, kind of symbolic power of the Virgin Mary, who represents kind of this purity of devotional motherhood, the positive ideal, to, to counter this negative uh, perversion of uh, mother's love for children that you talked about. Well, Peter, um, what, what do you think about Peter's, uh, about Thaddeus's article and, and about what he just said? I suppose I'm not quite so pessimistic. You know, there's the old saying, uh, it's darkest before the dawn. And yes, things are pretty bad and i agree certainly about the uh the 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 jab the injection which i think is causing a lot of damage at least from what i read and i personally have refused to have anything to do with it on the other hand there are more people hello peter looks like peter might have dropped yeah i saw that he left it showed up that he left. It must have got dropped off. Uh-huh. Maybe what I said was too strong. Uh-oh. And then not this again. <laughs> huh. 
Well, we were hoping that he, he was going to come back with some kind of a uh, critique or, or questions. So. Well, you, let me, let me say something quickly before he comes on. You know, um, the, the, the Hi, fact hello. that there are, the, oh, I'm oh, sorry. The fact that there is an awakening right now as the evil get, increases, I'm aware of that. Um, I didn't mention that or emphasize it in my, in my, I emphasize one aspect of my thinking on this. Um, I didn't mention the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which I mentioned in my article. So just to anticipate um, Peter's uh, critique, um, <laughs> let's just say I, I, I did emphasize the, the evil and not the possibility of a kind of, of, of a certain possibility of a revolution. I do, I do see the amount of people waking up. I do see it. Anyway, go ahead, Peter. Sorry, yes, we, I, I got cut off. I, how much did you get before I... Well, well you, just, you said you, you weren't as pessimistic as Thaddeus, and uh, you mentioned that you had nothing to do with the jab, and you realized that it is harming people, and then that, I think that was about where you got cut off. Yeah, I think someone was on the other line. Um, yes, I, I, I was going to add, I think, that the there was this uh, German politician recently who uh, exposed quite openly in the German parliament uh, what was going on with the jab. And that's not the only politician who's been saying things, but this is now from, you know, someone in the German pal- uh, parliament, not from the majority party, but at least from someone who is. Well, that's odd. Somebody's messing with uh, Peter's connection. <laughs> yeah, he, he got cut off again. Yeah, yeah, we're we're having strange uh, uh, things happen when we try to call people. We tried to call uh, Rolf Lindgren. Yeah, I, was, I called back. Yeah, there Peter. <laughs> okay, continue, Peter. <laughs> I, I, do, do, what did I? I obviously went dead again. I'm not sure why. Um, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yes, German, German politician. politician. Right, who who was uh, exposing the effects of the jab and the, the damage it's been causing, um, and not the only politician in Germany, nor the only politician simply. So that kind of evidence is coming out, and reports we're getting from um, other doctors who are dealing with the problems. So that may well be a sign that some things are beginning to change. So that I find hopeful. There's certainly been a, a big I, pushback. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and it seems to be increasing. Um, and uh, I remember writing a while back that, that good people are coming out of the woodwork, people that would never have come out before. Uh, and we're seeing a kind of repudiation of, of, um, of, of mainstream culture, mainstream media. I see all that, but I guess my question is this. The, we know that these people who have coordinated all this, um, I, I don't think that they're not the same, the same type of groups that, that did 9-11 uh, and all the subsequent false flags, um, the, the, the shooting psyops, um, the Ukraine insane, I call it. Um, and then you have the engineered uh, food shortages, with the burning of, uh, you know, trains and, and, and the, and the, and the, the whole idea that somehow the, 
Ukraine um, event has to do with depriving the world of fertilizer and, and all, all these different things. They're, they've got their, their fingers in so many different destructive uh, baskets in every aspect of, um, of infrastructure and uh, basic fundamental um, requirements, food and fuel, uh, basically. But and then there's talk of this, this uh, you know, cyber polygon event. It just seems to me that that let me ask let me ask both of you this. Even if there is an awakening of a certain amount of people, and uh, Matthias Desmet says that you know there's 20 percent or so that that already are awake. There's 20 or 30 percent that never will be awake that are are basically brainwashed permanently, um, or just kind of uh, not, not brainwashed but also complicit just for whatever reason. And then there's this middle group. Um, that can go either way. <clears throat> Let's just say that the, we, we get the middle group awake. Can you? It, it's hard for me to imagine what it would look like for these people who are behind all this. Uh, of course, we're talking about the World Economic Forum, but perhaps there's even more shadowy groups be up, beyond them. I don't know. Um, and Bill Gates and Melinda Foundation, the WHO, CDC, FDA, all, all these different alphabetical groups and whatever shadowy groups are behind them. What would it look like for these to be taken down? Um, and before they're taken down, um, it does seem to me there's going to be a final onslaught. So I guess I guess my article really is just anticipating that, as you said, Peter, that the, 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 the day gets darker before the dawn. I think it's going to get a lot darker. And um, I'm already beyond sadness with people dropping dead, with babies being injected, with brainwashed people who've lost their humanity. And I'm seeing I'm thinking that this is going to get worse. And so I guess I'm just in this. I'm not thinking that God won't won't win in the end and the light will come and there'll be a kind of uh, 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 a new age. I I do believe that's that's prophesized. But but in the meantime, I don't know. Don't, Don't you feel the. Don't you just feel the darkness and the evil and the sadness? And I, I just feel like maybe what God wants us is to cry out, not in despair, but but in a sense of um, of depend of radical dependence and surrender. I mean, I think that's what He wants. So that, I mean, that's that's really what I'm getting at. So I don't I don't know if I'm being pessimistic. I'm just I'm just staring at the abyss, and maybe the abyss is staring back at me a bit these days. Peter, well, uh, yes, that's one. Yeah, that, that that's one way to look at it. Um, I'm not quite so pessimistic myself. Maybe it's just my general attitude. Um, and I personally don't know very many people who've been badly injured by the by the vax. I know maybe three or four who I think I'm, uh, may well have died from it. But I hear lots of other stories uh, of this happening to other people. So there is something pretty grim going on. There's nothing, however, that I or either of any any of the three of us can do much about it now, especially not those who've already taken the jab. Although there do seem to be ways in which you can counter some of the effects, like uh, ivermectin and um, various things like that seem to work after the jab as well as before it. But... You know, I look around my life here in New York and things are pretty much as they were. Things haven't sort of all collapsed. 
at least not yet. Now, there are stories of things getting pretty bad in the future. The food supply uh, price, especially of gas, is rising. So things may get pretty bad in the future. At the moment, though, maybe it's the calm before the storm. But am I pessimistic overall? Well, no. Um, not that that means I think things will not get worse or could certainly get worse. But uh, I suppose like Tadeus, you know, there's, there is a fundamentally religious meaning behind it all, a religious denouement, if you like. And whatever the tests may be that we individually have to face, there's always a way through. So that I remember. Can you say more about that, Peter? Wanted. I'd love to hear your, your sense of what the religious meaning of all this is. Oh, well, it's, it's not specific to current events. It's just, you know, the, the general Christian and even Muslim idea that God is ultimately in charge and whatever is going on, good, bad, or indifferent, it's all subject to divine providence. And if you follow uh, divine commandments, you do the best you can to live a good religious life and follow what God wants you to do, nothing can ultimately um, destroy you. Things might get difficult, of course, but you're never without hope. So I, I, I would not like to be in difficult situations that some people certainly are going through, but whatever difficult situations may come my way or the way of all of us, the religious conviction is this is a test, this is something which is not final, this is something that we go through, and divine providence is ultimately behind it all. Now that's general, it's not specific about any of the details of what's currently happening, but it's a general attitude that governs how one approaches any particular events that may now be happening. Well, amen. And, you know, speaking of the kind of dark feeling that you were describing, Thaddeus, just the other day I was listening to Wisconsin Public Radio, and they did a show on uh, Roe v. Wade that it began with a Satanist uh, saying that it was a violation of his religious freedom uh, to uh, outlaw abortion. And then a uh, Jewish rabbi from Florida came on and said he agreed with the Satanist, which makes him a devil's advocate because he was a lawyer. Um, and this, this this whole show was quite uh, disturbing. And um, it kind of even sounded almost a little bit demonically possessed to me. And more and more of the public discourse sounds like that to me. And so I actually have a kind of an inkling that there is something being worked out in the divine you know, providence or, or karma, if you will, of the United States of America, which has been run by aggressive, greedy and often bloodthirsty people um, for quite a long time, has fought most of its wars far away and made people suffer horribly uh, far away or in you know whatever part was, you know, whatever land was being conquered, whether it was the 
the Indians and the Mexicans at first, then the uh, other people of the Americas under the Monroe Doctrine, or then on to the rest of the empire after World War II with about 60 million dead civilians since World War II or up until 9-11, maybe another 20 or 30 million since then. So you know, we've accumulated uh, a real sort of karmic bill. And I have this sense that these kind of demons that have driven the United States, uh, in, especially in its huge uh, bloodlettings, uh, beginning, you know, Strauss and Howe have described how every four generations or every 80 years there's been a gigantic bloodletting. The Revolution in 1780, the Civil War in 1860, World War II, the culmination of the two world wars in 1940. And now here we are just past 2020, and it's time for another one. Only the Yankees won all of those other bloodlettings. And I have a feeling that the Yankees are demonically possessed, and they're going to lose the next one. And I just have this creepy sense that this evil that I sense walking the land um, is the prelude to something pretty nasty where we get to experience what we've inflicted on others and it, it wouldn't surprise me if it if if uh, part of you know, a lot of North America becomes radioactive and a whole lot of people die in the not too distant future. Now, that's pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. I, well, who would cause I, I, the? I, sorry. Go ahead, Peter. Oh, I was just going to ask uh, Kevin who 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 would be causing the nuclear. Um, bomb or whatever it is the the radiation that would be ourselves or some yeah that, that would be, yeah that would be the neocons uh pushing the war with russia to the nuclear threshold and beyond because it seems that their their only strategy is just right. when all else fails keep escalating okay thank you mm-hmm. well it it does seem like um do you remember do, do you know of the the biblical story of the demons who are um exercised out of the uh the demoniac and go into the pigs and then and then rush rush over the cliff and the gadarene swine yeah good wow you know you know the new testament better than i i forgot that (laughs) that's great um yeah well um i mean it does seem a kind of a, a suicidal um karmic debt uh you might say or bill um, I mean, I, I don't know. There, there's a there's a kind of um, comic, not comic. What's the word I should say? Tragic uh, and and bittersweet uh, judgment here. Um, you know, the, these liberal types who think there's say there's no truth, there's no absolutes, um, and freedom is all that matters. Uh, freedom to do whatever you want. These same people who have that nihilistic view were the first to line up for the injections. And to endorse all the totalitarian restrictions on freedom uh, in the name of, of something, uh, public health and being a good person. And because of that, they're going to be the ones who die um, and who become more and more uh, ensconced in darkness and irrationality. Uh, with, with these 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 women, uh, these mothers, uh, so virtuous uh so politically correct, um, so much better than everyone, so so caring, so tolerant, uh, taking their babies to get an injection of, of poison uh, with a smile on their face. And nobody wants children to be harmed. Nobody wants them to be 
abused and sexualized. No, nobody even wants these um, liberal nihilists to suffer in despair uh, because of their, um, you know, rejection of reality. But at some point, you know, judgment does have to come. So th- th- there's a part of me that's angry. Um, at, at, I've, I've been against liberalism for a long time. Um, and it seems to me that um, I've been saying for a long time, look, you cannot adopt this this idea that that reality is subjective, that the good is private, that um, that 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 the religion religion is just a, a, a an idiosyncratic uh, you know option. Okay, this is this is sacrilege. This is to deny your creaturely status to, to act this way. Uh, you may have uh, power and money and control and prestige, but it's all an illusion. It's going to come down. So, so stop, you know, uh, stop this insanity. And then we have the pandemic. And I, I wrote a, a piece called From Liberal Democracy to Global Totalitarianism. And it was very quick, the transition from this kind of libertarian minded, soft, you know, relativism, bourgeois materialism, uh, to, you know, hardcore totalitarianism almost overnight. And that totalitarianism, the victims of this are the same people who are giving their souls over, over to it. Uh, and so in, in a sense, there's a kind of poetic justice here, but it doesn't make me happy. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, pleased by this to, to see this happening. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, like you said, Peter, God has his, his providential ways. Uh, but like Kevin, like you said, there is something coming we're at the lull here, it seems to me. Like, Peter, you mentioned things in New York seem good. It seems like everybody's going to restaurants and everything. But, but I, I have this deep, ominous sense that the next phase of this, um, which I'm sure the planners have had in mind for for a long time, uh, is going to be more nightmarish uh, than what's come before. So... Um, I'm not losing my trust in God. I'm staying close to him, but um, I, I do anticipate that there is something coming. And I guess one of the things I mentioned in my article is I don't think we can stop it at this point. I, I think the awakening is happening. Um, I love to see the people like, um, you know, Robert, uh, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And, um, and these different uh, media people uh, and who are becoming more and more popular, uh, and and I love to see the alternative alternative media bursting at the scene with Substacks and all this, even some politicians coming out in public now. But still, I I still think it's it's you know it's coming. Um, so not sure what to what to make of that and what to say more about it. But uh, that's 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 like like I said, it was kind of therapeutic to write that. I'm not sure if I had a distinct message other than repent. Stay close to God and be prepared for um, the grace that God is going to give the, the, those who are good willed. And like I said, who didn't take the um, who, who didn't take the covid sacrament and catechism. Um, he's going to give us the, the grace to be intimately united to him, to be able to negotiate all this. That, that's my anticipation. Well, Peter, you're in your book, Political Liberalism. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, ask you a question. 
Yeah, yeah. Your your book, Political Liberalism, kind of predicts the collapse of liberalism into totalitarianism. That and and of course we saw that with COVID. Yes, um, I I wasn't quite <laughs> thinking of it coming so quickly, but. Um, one of the things that puzzles me, and this is related to what um, Thaddeus was just saying, how come everybody bought into taking the injection? You know, ordinarily, when you have a, a new vaccine brought out, it gets tested for 10 years or something. And if there are even 50 mortalities, the thing is dismissed and not deployed. Here we have a vax that was never tested at all for any length of time. And from what we now learn, the tests were not done properly anyway. And and everyone jumps on board. Or even worse, all these authorities are laying down the law and saying, unless you take the vax, you can't stay in your job or whatever it might be. In, even in my own university, all the faculty are supposed to take uh, the vax. I've refused hitherto, so I'm more or less going to retire. But I, I'm astonished that the people behind this vax got everyone on board to agree that it had to be imposed uh, across the board. And they shut down the stores, they shut down the whole country, essentially, in, in the first couple of years on the basis of no good evidence at all even if there was some disease that needed to be dealt with well you don't just throw out a vax at it which we haven't tested uh, and you make some effort to see how bad the disease really is and of course some people have died sadly but covid doesn't seem to be that bad a disease so I'm, I'm astonished, not that there are people behind the scenes who have malicious intentions, but that the whole world bought into the propaganda. And I'm so, you know, Peter, that, Peter, that's my point, is that I don't, there's no explanation for this. Okay, I've, I've read about mass formation psychosis, and I understand the, the power of totalitarian propaganda. I mean, we saw it with 9-11 but it was nothing compared to this. And I guess the, I, I feel the same way, Peter. It's just, it's just inexplicable. It's the mystery of iniquity. And if, if, if what happened with the vax w w w is so uh, astounding and, uh, you know, almost ineffably evil, and th there's just, there's just no way to get your mind around the, the level of brainwashing and suicidal uh, activity of people. What's what's going to be the next one? Because now we have people who are already have have been kind of dehumanized into the state of being willing to kind of offer their bodies on the sacrificial altar of of Moloch. It's I mean that that's that's the only metaphor I can I think is just you know does do ju do do justice to this. Um. And we have mothers who are bringing their children to be entertained by child molesters in a public library. Um, 
uh, we, we have we have the the best the best of the conservatives promoting uh, transgender mutilation as an act of freedom. I mean, how how much how much already this is this is incredible is it's incredible, but I don't think it's the end. I I mean I think we're entering into depths of depravity that I I believe are are unprecedented. So that that's what I'm 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 trying to get, to deal with spiritually in my mind, uh, Peter. And I agree with you. I I really don't think there's an explanation for this that that can really make any sense. I think we're dealing with a mystery here. Uh, Kevin, what do you? Right. I'd I mean, like to know your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately everything is a mystery, I suppose. But I actually think that Peter's take on political illiberalism uh, may partly explain why the the liberal uh, thinkers are the ones who've rushed into this kind of extreme unfreedom. Uh, and I, I really recommend that book. And I think you recommended it to me, Thaddeus, originally. And oh, I, I think it's a wonderful oh, it's the it's one of the best written. It's just beautiful. Wonderful work, Peter. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 Thank you very I think much. You're, you're it, both very kind. Well, it should be read right alongside uh, Desmet's uh, book on, on mass formation. And I think people who read those two books together will have a better sense of what's been going on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's a, a, a kind of a hidden spiritual dimension to it. And, of course, we've all speculated about things like, oh, you know, these black magicians um, who – uh, have perhaps been at work in various kinds of secret societies and so on for quite a long time. Uh, that indeed the you know the, the belief that everything is uh, you know material that the materialistic plane is all that there is and we're in a billiard ball universe of cause and effect and and of course the materialist scientists have figured it all out. That's nonsense. And uh, even you know the scientists today understand that quantum physics means that we're creating reality or affecting it directly with our minds. And, of course, God is ultimately the one dreaming it all up, but we're affecting it, too. And so the black magicians are the people who actually understand how it works and figured out how to directly manipulate reality to satisfy the, their lusts and other vices. And uh, there probably are organized efforts by such people. So I think there's that kind of negative spiritual dimension. The last two surahs of the Quran actually provide protection against such things. And I think it's interesting that God made it the you know the very last two short surahs in the Quran that He would make those surahs ones that uh, we invoke to protect us against these dark forces. So I, I think there's a, a level at which we can analyze this uh, philosophically, like Peter has in his excellent book. Again, political illiberalism, highly recommended. And then there's that spiritual dimension too, which you've kind of touched on in your recent post, Thaddeus. And that's uh, you know it's which part of the elephant that we are checking out you know that is the one you know, that's that's how we would tend to think that it's this or it's that but it's really a whole lot of things at once and we're all you know just seeing little bits and pieces of it that's true kevin i don't i don't know if anyone has their mind around all of it that's a good point mm -hmm. uh, P peter do you do you agree with me about the likelihood that um what we might call psychic abilities are they're, they're real. They've been proven by science. And given the uh, academic dogma that such things cannot possibly exist, one 
would think that that particular taboo may have been manufactured by the people who have actually weaponized these abilities and are perhaps using them for their own egotistical benefit in a very dark way. Um, you know, that's all, of course, uh, it, it, it's hard to prove the details, but it looks to me to be a fairly obvious you know, big picture observation. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering about your take on that. Sorry, you talk about psychic um, abilities. What, what specifically you have in mind? The way the way propaganda works, or, or something more than that? Well, uh, the, 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 yeah, propaganda would definitely be part of it. Uh, and uh, what was the name of the, that uh, Eastern European uh, writer who was murdered in a restroom at the University of Chicago after publishing an expose uh, called? Uh, was it, uh, ma- was it magic and, so what was it? Ma- magic, Eros and magic in the Renaissance. Culiano, I think was his name. Um, and that the, uh, uh, weaponized ability to affect, uh, well, other people's minds, among other things, of course, has been, it's part of, you know, so many human cultures. Um, in Morocco, for example, they still sell, uh, potions to, you know, love potions at these markets. Uh, so this sort of, you know, this low level black magic is ubiquitous and it's widely believed that it works. And, uh, at a higher level, uh, there are of course rumors about cults around, uh, the Kabbalah, uh, people like Shabtai V, the self-proclaimed antichrist or false messiah mm-hmm. of the year 1666, who may have started some kind of cult that, then uh, became the, uh, you know, the, the Rothschilds kind of uh, private uh, operation. And anyway, that, that essentially my speculation would be that uh, some people, just as there are differences in, in human abilities in so many other areas, and people rise to positions of power and, and of, uh, of mastery in, in various fields, that this field of sorcery, we might call it, uh, is is one of those, and that there are people actually you know doing that, and so the, these these dark forces are very real, in other words. And I'm just wondering it, whether you think that's possible, whether you might agree with me, or right, whether maybe you disagree and and think that that's a bunch of superstitious nonsense. No, no, I I agree. It's very clear that there are uh, demonic powers and human beings who are in league with such power. But the, the evidence for that in both our traditions goes back a long way. I, I suppose the, uh, the part of my question was not to raise that issue of demonic activity, but how come it's so extensive and yeah. so complete? The, yes. Because, you know, here, here we have a disease like COVID, which some people is causing some people problems, but it's not that serious. It's not like the Great Plague, maybe in, in the Middle Ages. And everybody has jumped on board, and they've all said we've got to get this back, which is not tested, and which doesn't seem to be necessary anyway because we've got other medications. And, and it I doesn't even like prevent infection or spread. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so just I, it, I it doesn't do like, anything. I, Exactly, but we, we kind of, it's, it, that's been known for some time now. But I know. 
how come how come everyone bought into the agenda and said everyone has to be vaxxed and it's happened in schools and churches uh all over i mean it's just been this and the catholic church was the work and peter the cat we haven't even talked about this the catholic church was the worst the pope and uh our supposed pope and and all the churches shutting down and the churches themselves becoming uh clinics for this shot i mean that to me is the is yeah, the I, most incomprehensible well i i agree the the the, the pope also bought into it thankfully however uh, taking a vax is not a matter of faith or morals so we're not obliged to pay any attention to a pope who says we should get this vax rather than another one or not get a vax that's right so i i paid no attention I, I paid no attention to it. It's a good, it's a good thing you didn't speak out ex cathedra on that, or else you guys would have to convert to Islam with me. <laughs> you know what? If that if that were to happen, Peter, I'd be out. I'd be out of the church. I agree. <laughs> right, but but, but the, the, the infallibility of the Pope and the authority of the Church is very strictly defined. You know, it's, it's faith and morals, of course, discipline when it comes to you know when you go to what time you go to church and so on, the local priest is in charge of that. But with respect to beliefs uh, of faith and morals, <clears throat> that's where the church has, has authority, but it doesn't go beyond that. So the, the Pope can talk about whatever he wants, but if it's not faith and morals, I'm not interested. Yes. So do you... Do you do, go, oh, go ahead, Peter. I, I just I have an interesting scripture quote I'll say in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to continue or finish the point I was making, that, that, that the whole world has gone mad over this vax, and I, I don't understand why or how it could be so successful. It's a real puzzle. Well, well here, listen to this scripture passage, Revelation 18.23. Uh, here, here's the quote. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've seen this uh, quoted before in relation to this. Quote, and the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And guess what the, do you know this, Kevin? Do you know what the trans, you know what the, the, the word for sorcery is? I uh, know, what is it's, it? It's pharmakia. Oh yeah. Oh yes, right. Mm. Yes, right. So th- this is this is this is certainly pertinent, isn't it? You know, um, is it, it, and that comes from the same root as, as scapegoat in Greek, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, uh, Interesting. And so the so I think the word sorcery is something that we need to bring out here. He, uh, Kevin, you know our friend Tom Breidenbach was the I think the first to talk about sorcery in terms of nine eleven. Right, and, and scapegoating, um, right? And and yeah that sorcery and scapegoating, yes. Right. And and they're linked um, and, in, in sacrifice. Yeah. They are. So so human sacrifice, sorcery, a kind of um uh great deception uh you know that makes people irrational. Um I mean what we're talking about is a is a is a is is a global uh, mass psychosis. Okay, I mean, so if people are in a state of psychosis, they do things that are 
irrational and evil and bad for them. But the question is, how did they pull it off? How did they pull it off? I mean, and 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 will they pull it off again? I mean, we're not in a stronger position now. But those who are awake now are stronger, yes. But those who have not been awakened are susceptible to an even more dark uh, spell, incantation. And I, there's no reason to think that there isn't going to be another kind of onslaught. Um, and so, um, you know, how, how does one prepare for such a thing? How, how does one... Um, I should mention one thing here. We're getting toward, we have about 15 minutes left, but there is uh, something that I've mentioned before in some of my articles that I do think there is a miraculous intervention that will and can, um, you know, overcome all this. And that is the prophecy of the, uh, the, the, what's called the warning or the, uh, the illumination mm -hmm. of all consciences. And this has been prophesied by many mystics for the past hundred years, um, approved mystics, approved uh, apparitions and, and revelations, um, private revelations. And you can even find it in the book of Revelation, uh, at least implicitly indicated. But the idea here is that there will be a moment in time when things get to their very worst, when nothing will help but God's intervention, that he will... Um, illumine the consciences of every single human being on the planet at the same time. And everyone will see exactly where they stand. Uh, they will see their soul as God sees it. And there will be no possibility of um, rationalization, of self-deception. The propaganda will, will drop like scales from the, from the eyes of the mind. And people will know exactly what they're doing, what they have done. And they will be given a kind of stark choice um, for the truth, for God, or against him. And, at the, and that will be a watershed moment uh, of, of collective consciousness. Uh, and those that choose God will have will be on his side, confirmed in grace, and those who choose against will be confirmed in sin. Um, th that seems to me something that I do believe will happen, um, and I've been preparing myself for it, um, trying to help others to prepare, because the shock of this revelation will cause many to just drop dead, I think, uh, others to go mad. Uh, but I do believe this is coming. Um, and I think all the attempts of the alternative media to tell the truth is to try to get people into this state before it becomes such a stark spiritual reality. So I don't know. Maybe you sound. I sound like a fanatic here, but I. I, I you you, you sound. You sound like a prophet, and Peter sounds like a <laughs> philosopher. So philosophize, Peter. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I agree with, with, with Thaddeus. These prophecies have been made, and uh, so I, I'm aware of them. Though probably Thaddeus knows a bit more about them um, than I do. Uh, they haven't happened yet, of course, though, you know, apparently will be. But sort of going back to my philosophical puzzle, even independently of any divine intervention, I'm just amazed that the whole world, with very few exceptions, could buy into a story that was so patently false from the beginning. Well, Peter, I, I don't think there's a philosophical 
there's no philosophical answer to this, don't you think? Don't you think this uh, this just can't be understood in rational terms? Okay, fine, but but you know, say say we, the doctors introduce a new vaccine for I don't know smallpox. They, they've got to prove that it works and that it's been tested and that it doesn't have side effects. And that only takes what ten years. This, this vaccine came out within a year or less, or two years maybe. And everyone said it was safe when everyone who is involved in making vaccines know you can't make that judgment within two years of developing a vaccine. And everyone bought into it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Kevin, what do you what do you think? What do you think? What's what's your best uh, explanation for this? Well, you know, honestly, here I, I could take a slightly more moderate view of things in uh, I, I think this was a bioweapon that emerged from a neocon attack on China and Iran. It's a bioweapon designed to only kill a limited number of people. They, they probably didn't know exactly what percent it would kill, but it, it probably does kill somewhere, you know, possibly as many as, as one in 200 here in the United States and few, fewer than that in, in younger and healthier countries. And, you know, one in 200 Americans is a huge pile of corpses, right? I mean, I, I did lose uh, a, a friend, uh, uh, you know, to to COVID, uh, and I had a couple other friends hospitalized. And I also had a couple hospitalized after vaccines. So I, I think there really is a bioweapon, and that's why the Chinese have panicked so much, because they've been under U.S. bioattack for years now. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that the, an element of the bioweapon community is, is overlaps with an element of the so-called public health community. And uh, what we got was a, an exaggerated feeling that this, uh, the, the cure, which could turn out to be worse than the disease for many people, as it obviously is with the younger and healthy, healthy people, was just urgently needed. And, and they just, you know, went all in on it, both to make money, to get power, to get fame, um, and also many, most of them thinking, uh, that this was, it, w- it would be great to come up with this, you know, this thing that will solve the problem. So they're all laboring under a kind of a, you know, mass formation. And I don't think it's quite as, as obvious that it was wrong from the get go, as Peter says, in that I think that there really was this, you know, this pandemic that has, you know, killed a certain number of people was, it was basically killing about the right number. If you want to paralyze the adversary's economy, you want to kill about one out of 200. So it was perfect. It hit the sweet spot, you know, and also that way it spreads better because you have to have a lot of people going out and spreading it. So they have to not be too sick. If you make something that kills a lot of people, it's going to make people quickly really sick and then they get hospitalized, taken out of circulation and the disease doesn't spread. That's what happened with SARS and MERS. So this is COVID is a perfect bioweapon to paralyze enemy economies. Robert Cadillac, that's his job. He's been advocating doing such things for his entire career. And Trump appointed him bioweapon czar in 2017. And he took out China's pork supply, took out their chicken supply, and then he went after their people for obvious geopolitical reasons. So that's where it comes from, I think. And I think that explains partly the panicked reaction to it, obviously in China, where they know they're under attack, but yeah. to a certain extent elsewhere as well. Here's a more philosophical. Okay. Let's just say that's all true, Kevin. Um, answer your question, Peter. This just dawned on me. I mean, I've, the prestige of science 
Um, have you read any of the work of Ivan Illich, Peter? Uh, some time ago, yes. But I, yes, I have. Because he has some books. Well, he talks about the way in which, um, things, goods like health and education, when they're institutionalized and bureaucratized, uh, they become a kind of, um, you know, machine that just works within its own logic and loses its, uh, connection with actual realities of health and education, for instance. Um, and, you know, the, the prestige of the vaccine, to me, the vaccine is kind of a, uh, a perfect, like, symbol of modernity, right? Um, in the old days, we had, uh, barbaric medicine. Uh, we tried to rely on God and spiritual things, but then we realized that reason could, could overcome, um, you know, the, the, these, these vulnerabilities to, to nature. We could control nature. We could overcome it. And if we believed enough in science, uh, we could, we could, you know, as Descartes, you know, told us, we could really control all of nature and, uh, perpetuate our, our medicine and our health and maybe even live forever, Descartes said, right? <laughs> so uh, the, the yes, prestige of the vaccine for, for someone, just imagine what, what it's like for someone to think that the whole entire modern establishment of medicine, um, is actually, uh, really in truth, a kind of profit making, um, self-interested, uh, you know, institution that, that, that doesn't really know what it's doing and doesn't really know what health is and, and doesn't really know how to, how to, how to control nature. I think the, the, the cognitive dissonance when every single institution, uh, is telling you that this thing is, is the latest in modern, modern thought, modern medicine, the best people are working on this, you know, the, the best and brightest, the, the cognitive dissonance is too much. Um, so I think the, the so in that sense, once the establishment was united on this, the, the, the kind of modern discourse of science and scientism um, told us that this is what's good. Uh, in liberalism, there's no other authority. It's not yep. the philosopher. It's not the theologian. It's not the priest. It's the scientist. It's the doctor. It's the it's the public health official. It's the modern bureaucracy. They know what's best. We've already given our souls to it for hundreds of years. But then the question becomes this. How did they become united on something that wasn't scientific, that wasn't based <laughs> on reality? And, and, and that's, and that's the question. How do they pull that off? That's the Zen koan we're going to have to meditate on because we hit the end of the hour. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peter Simpson and Thaddeus Kaczynski. My two favorite Catholic philosophers. Keep up the great work, both of you, and God bless. Thanks, Kevin. Take Thank care. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.